All right, let's do this. Peanut, if you're staying in the room, no talking. Hello, and welcome to the Photo Work Podcast, the talking, touchy-feely version of my book, Photo Work, 40 Photographers on Process and Practice. I'm Sasha Wolf, as usual, recording from the Bearsville Theater in Woodstock, New York. Thank you, Bearsville Theater. And I'm joined, as always, thank God, by my friend and producing partner. I think you just heard him giggle. Michael Hard CH, Hard CH. <laughs> Chauvin Dalton, everyone. Michael Chauvin Dalton. Hello, Michael. Uh, hello, and uh, yes, thank you for the uh, pronunciation uh, of my last name. Uh, often when people see my last name for the first time, they they soften it up to a Chauvin and uh, make it sound extra fancy. Yeah, I mean, I've had people say to me, like, you know, in reference to you, they've said, so how did you start working with Michael Chauvin Dalton? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't work with Michael Chauvin Dalton. <laughs> don't ever say that again and get out of my sight, you <laughs> lunatic. <laughs> Boy, if I did that, I'd have nobody around me. <laughs> Don't you try and fancy up my friend, Michael. (laughs) Good golly. I'm a man of the people. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Listen, I have, I I come from a family of union organizers, for Mm -hmm. God's sake. So, Michael, I just want to acknowledge something because I feel a little bit like it's elephant-y in the room, which is that um, I want to just tell people, you know, this show is going to drop after Election Day. It's going to drop on Thursday the 5th. And I don't know if we're going to know who the next president is or not, but, you know, we're either going to be, you know, devastated or hugely relieved or Mm -hmm. in some state of limbo. But right now, and we are in a state of limbo right now, but just to be precise, we're recording on Monday the 2nd, so it's the day before official election day and... um, yeah, so we can't really speak to to any of that because right. we don't know what's going to happen. No, we don't know. Uh, all we can do is hope that everyone is doing okay. That's the best we can hope for right now. Yep. And that you all voted. Trying yeah. times. Yeah, you better have all voted. If you didn't yeah. vote, then I revoke your permission <laughs> to right. listen to my podcast. God damn it. <laughs> so moving away from politics, because that really could I'll wind up crying. Uh, I just want to remind our listeners of the very generous offer from Aperture. So if folks go to Aperture website to pick up some books, which I strongly recommend, that if they put in PhotoWork30, the discount code when they go to checkout, they'll get 30% off. Yeah. It's, you know, I I just picked up Kwame Brothwaite, Black is Beautiful. Uh, It's got text by Tanisha Ford and Deborah Willis. Uh, and um, it w- I think it was already on sale, but I put in the code and that 30% discount is really nice. It's quite generous. That's a huge discount. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. really generous. So thank you, Aperture. It's like uh, just a really nice gesture um, on their Absolutely. part to support the show. And obviously they published the book. So we're sort of connected. It's a nice organization um, to be connected to. I'm really proud of that. So right. um, anyway. 
Thank you, Aperture. So, Michael, what did you think of today's episode? It was, uh, <laughs> as you know, a conversation. <laughs> My old friend, the photographer Alejandro Cartagena. There was so much in this episode that I loved. Uh, I almost am I'm, I'm nervous about giving too much away, but the way Alejandro packs so much into his responses, into the conversation you have, was really inspirational. The way he weaves together uh, his inspiration and how he works and the connections he makes from personal experience in his work. Uh, it's just, it was so energizing. Yeah, he's a really, he has a, you know, he's sort of one of these people that you would describe as having a sort of childlike enthusiasm. Mm. Um, and I I personally find it incredibly um, infectious. And <laughs> infectious is probably not a great word to use during a <laughs> pandemic. But I find it a wonderful quality. And I, de- I definitely, I talk less, you're welcome, during this episode, <laughs> because Alejandro is able to sort of just really hold forth. I mean, he's really, look, he's he he has such a command of like his motivations, his practice, his you know it's like I just feel like he's sort of not left any stone unturned in the way he thinks about making work. So he's just able to really dig in. I mean, I right. I I loved this this talk. I, I I found it. I learned so much, and I've known him for a really long time. But I I learned so much. Yeah. And, well, Michael, let me just uh, also say. Um, just suggest to our listeners that if you're not familiar with Alejandro's work, he really gets into a lot of specific projects. And I definitely think it would really help <laughs> to to have a better handle. I mean, he's incredibly prolific. You don't have to look at everything, but I would go to his website and, and yes, really try and familiarize yes. yourself. I, look, he has so many there's so many people who, when I told them I was talking to him, were like, oh, my God, I love him. I love his work. So obviously, a lot of people already know it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just want to recommend that. to people. Yeah, we'll, we'll link to his website uh, in the episode notes for sure. And uh, just you know, one last note, um, you know, if you're a photographer who's just starting out or if you're a photographer like me who's been doing it a while, but maybe, you know, the past few months have been feeling a little exhausted, uh, I think this show will energize you. I think this show will will make you want to go out and make work. I think he has just a, you know, a lot of good practical advice for, uh, in, for you know, being self-motivated. Yep, definitely. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Well, on that note, um, Michael, if you don't mind, uh, please take it away. Oh, my pleasure. And here's your conversation with Alejandro Cartagena. Alejandro, welcome to the Photo Work Podcast, my friend. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this with me. Thank you, Sasha. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. We've, we've known each other for so long, so I'm still excited to talk to you every time we talk. Yeah, I know. I was thinking you and I go back to 2007, my first yeah. um, gallery space you used to come visit me when you were in town, yeah. which always made me very happy. So yeah, we've known each other about 13 years now. So, well, I, you know, I love you and I love your work and, you know, getting ready. It's, it's interesting because I sort of thought I was, you know, fairly up to date on what you were doing, but getting ready for today's conversation and spending a lot of time on your website and 
and also looking at some other interviews you've done and whatnot. But I was definitely, I guess I, I didn't realize how prolific you've sort of become. I mean, you were always prolific, <laughs> and I do remember that. I mean, you definitely, you're the, the guest that's now officially taken me the most time to prepare for. That's good. Holy cow. So, <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> it was really fun. I mean, I, I had a wonderful time. But, yeah, I mean, one thing that just really occurred to me that I don't think I've ever thought about it just quite so cut and dry like this before, but I'm going to just ask you if this feels right to you. I realize you're sort of just, right, you are a topologist. Yeah. Does that, like, that's really what you are. Like, you're not, mm -hmm. you're not, you're not really a documentary photographer. I mean, you're, mm -hmm. you're not even like a conceptual documentary photographer. I mean, you're, you're, you're like a man who goes out and gathers evidence mm -hmm. of something with your camera. I mean, does that sound right? Yeah. I mean, it, it does. Uh, and I think nobody has ever put it that way, but I think you're on the spot. I'm, I, I mean, I enjoy the, uh, the photographing act going out there and taking pictures. And I think that is the starting point for what I think I've, I've become to consider myself more as an author where, you know, there are uh -huh. several stages of my process and, the most photographic part of it is, of course, going out and photographing. But then I've also jumped that stage and gone out looking for images and not only taking photographs. So in, in, in a sense, the that first part of gathering is, I think, what still excites me the most because it's where discoveries happen. But then I've also you know, really become enamored with the the post-production or the post-photographic in, in, in that there's also meaning to be made after the image has been done or the image has been gathered. So yes, I am, I am very much a gatherer in, in a very broad sense, I, I would say. You know, it's not, you're not a gatherer like Lee Friedlander or Gary Winogrand or some street photographer going out and just gathering snapshots of, yeah. you are a gatherer of really specific, yeah. you know, under very specific parameters within each body of work. Yeah, I, I, I've, it's, you know, I've, I have tried to just wander the world and just photograph. And it's not that I can't do it. It's just somehow there is something in the way I learned photography and the way I learned how to do art, that there was always this big subject matter in which everything falls into. And those subject matters have changed during my years of, of practice. But there's always this big umbrella that, if people know my work, most of the time has some social connection to it, but not necessarily all the time. But there's always that umbrella under which I practice what I do. And it I don't know, maybe I'm closed-minded, maybe I'm a bit square, uh, but I it feels really natural to work that way. And I mean, I love work that is just about nothing and it's just, you know, exploration, visual exploration and photographic exploration. I love that. I mean, I love Gary Wienerkrant, Lee Friedlander, those 
that type of image making is really, really exciting, but it's not maybe what I strive for in my practice, though I, I have, I've done it, but it's not my, my thing. When I'm looking at your work, I feel like I'm in the company of someone who has just becomes unbelievably curious about something mm-hmm. and cannot let it go exactly. until it's just fully exhausted. Like just, yeah. it feels obsessive yeah. in the best, you know, I mean that as a compliment, yeah. but that, I mean, that's, that's how I feel when I'm looking at your work. I'm like, oh, Alejandro is obsessed. <laughs> and it's just really neat. I mean, it just, yeah. I really, I really enjoy it because I actually think there is a certain looseness, like somehow, you know, it doesn't become too, it doesn't become too hard edged. Mm-hmm. Like there's still so much play in the work. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do. I feel like I'm with someone who just has to like, just has to keep scratching this yeah. itch until. Yeah. T- till you get somewhere. I, you know, last year, was it last year? Oh my God. 2020. I, it, it's fumbling my, my idea of years, but I think it was last year. I, <laughs> yeah. 2019, I had a show, uh, at a gallery and the amount of work I put into that show, that was, I think my first solo show since I had gone through a massive turmoil, a personal turmoil. So I really worked hard for that show. I I think I finished doing like 140 pieces for one solo show in a gallery, in a four wall gallery and packing everything and shipping was like, Oh my God, this is, you know, this is a lot of work. But then when I saw it hung, you know, and I, I sent the plans of how to hang it and everything, it, it like I understood myself, like you really are an obsessive and you really are like you're pushing yourself all the time. And I felt so happy <laughs> because it worked, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it really, yes, it I really understand. worked. Like I saw the show and, and then it's like, you know. I'm not I'm I'm not throwing flowers at myself but this is I mean you have to throw it at yourself because nobody else does but I was like I've never seen seen a solo show in a gallery space like this it's it, because this is almost for a museum show it's so much work you you right. you, you normally show maybe 20 pieces you know, you know the best 20 pieces but this was like massive this was like okay I did everything I could and it's up on the wall and it felt amazing to to <laughs> that's, to to that's put that effort in and, and have it, you know, look amazing. Anyways, I, I thought that story really tells that, you know, I am obsessive. <laughs> yeah, no, but I think like anyone just going to your website and looking through your work, you see that obsessiveness. Yeah. And again, to me, that's a compliment. Yeah. Um, I've been called obsessive and I'm like, thank you very much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh and I, you see just this like unbelievable curiosity, mm-hmm. like like all these things, like the really active mind. You you really see and feel all that when you're looking through your work. Let me, let's just back up a little bit. Can sure. you just give our listeners just a little snapshot of your journey of how you got to where you are today? Sure. Well, I, I started in photography as a digitizer in an archive. So that was like my first job and, you know, inquiry into photography uh, I used to work in the service industry in hotels and restaurants, and I just got fed up with that and just quit everything and just, you know, said, okay, I'm going to do photography. 
took a couple of workshops. And you're, I'm sorry, Alejandro, you're from uh, northern Mexico? Yeah, I was born in Dominican Republic and then moved to Mexico in 1990. And I've lived here ever since. And I live some time in Canada, some time in the U.S., uh, but most of the time here in, in Monterey, Mexico, very close to the border to Texas. Yep. And, you know, I was a very playful kid. I love skateboarding. I, you know, I've always been creative. I studied music, uh, loved collecting stuff. I remember I had a lot of uh, like comic books when I was a little kid, collected watches, collected uh, hats. Uh, I mean, you know. The well, you're still collecting, exactly, by the way, in case exactly. that's not clear. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And, and, you know, photography was always there in, in a sense. My dad, I mean, not he was not an active photographer, but what was in my house was a lot of photo albums. And when we moved from Dominican Republic to here to Mexico, that was my only contact with my past. And I was 13, so it was not like a really nice moment to leave all your friends and your family and, and, yeah. and start from zero. So the photo album, my family album was like my the place I would go all the time. And that's why kind of my journey in photography started in the archive as a digitizer of other people's work. Uh, I would scan images that like from the 19th century up to 20th century photography. And then in my personal work, it was about me, you know, so I started photographing myself and and then I started, you know, looking outwards, looking at the people that I live with, uh, because even after more than 15 years when I started photographing, I still didn't feel that I was Mexican in a way. I, I was still battling with that, being Dominican and being Mexican at the same time. And, and so the archive, the, the past, scratching the past, rethinking the past, reimagining the past was something that really I felt really attuned with. And eventually, you know, I started looking outwards, the people, the landscape. I was really inspired and motivated by the archive images that I was scanning because these were the photographers who somehow captured the place I lived in for more, more than 100 years. So I was looking at the evolution of my city through photography and living in the present where everything had changed compared to the photographs that I was scanning. So right. I yes. think that that really influenced what I was going to photograph in my career. So I was scanning studio portraits. I was scanning images of uh, new development, the industrial developments. And all these were professional photographers. But in my mind, they were photographers. You know, they, these were the people who created the visual identity of where I live and who I'm supposed to be. So I don't know. It was it was a really interesting way to grow up photographically instead of, you know, going to university and, and having a degree in, in photography. This was a, a different this was my school, you know, looking at old photographs and, and classifying them and taking care of them as objects, you know, because this is an, a, like a really professional uh, archive where everything's cleaned, everything's like all information about the work is all, uh, very precious and, and taken care of. And so I grew up that way. And it, it, I've done, I think, a complete circle to like my la last work is about 
building my own archive. So I, I've gone out and bought photographs in, in Mexico City in, in outside dump sites, uh, in markets, wherever I could find old photographs. And I built my own archive and then I did something with that archive. It's a full circle. So I started with me, you know, looking at myself. Then I look upwards, people, the space, the landscapes, and eventually looking at photographs from the past of Mexico and appropriating them as mine and creating some kind of photo sculpture, if, if you want. And, and right now, like the, my latest projects, I'm looking back at my own archive, like photographs that I've taken over the years that I feel have somehow, you know, matured into something. And with my eye now, I can, I can see things that I couldn't see before. So, and because I'm not out photographing that much, this looking at my archive that, that was, is just sitting there and, and rethinking it has been my, my safe haven for this pandemic. And, and it's beautiful. I'm, I have two projects, book projects that are almost finished for next year. So it's really exciting. I mean, it's interesting because in, you know, you're a contributor to my book, Photo Work. Thank you very much. I love your whole contribution to the book. But you. you say, um, the question 10 is, do you ever revisit a series that's already been exhibited or published to shoot more or add to it? And you say, I try not to. Uh, they can become ghosts and it can get messy. Yeah. I get that. But, you know, based on what you just said, and then based on the fact that I know you re-edited re your book, Carpoolers, yeah. three different times, maybe... You like the idea of that, but you can't quite keep to it. I mean, which is which is fine, but it sounds like you're really getting more and more comfortable mm -hmm. with reopening things and recontextualizing them and and whatnot. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think I do believe what I said there in the in that interview, and because the projects that I'm looking at right now, they're closed. I mean, they're done. I'm not out rephotographing. That's that's what I maybe wanted to imply in that once yep. I'm done with the urge of thinking of that project or thinking about that idea that I was photographing and researching, there's a moment where I say, okay, this thing is done. Now, that doesn't mean that it's out to the public. Uh, sometimes I, I've been very lucky that I'm super active all the time. So I'm doing, you know, five, six projects at the same time. So sometimes some of those projects that I just finished, they're not ready. Yeah, they're just not ready. I'm too close to them. So I let them sit for years. Yep. So like right now here, I'm looking at this book I'm doing about um, traveling from the suburbs to Monterey. And that book, that project I finished photographing, I think it was 2015. But I've included several of those images in some of the books and, and exhibitions, but it wasn't ready to look at it as a fine, as a like a, as a as a product, as a as a cultural product. So that's what I'm doing. That doesn't mean that I was out photographing or out thinking about it. It was like that project is done. That ghost is in the closet, and it doesn't need to come out. Right, right. So, so I think in that sense, I try to to work like that. But there are several projects that are still little ghosts. Like there's one that I've been doing, I think, for ten years, and it just. I just haven't been able to finish it, you know, and it just comes back and in three years I got a grant for it and I 
you know, it, it that really helped to push it forward. But then the pandemic hit and this year was the year I was going to do the last little bit of the project and make my, you know, the book proposal. And I just haven't been able to move it forward. Like it just it just doesn't feel right to look at it right now. I don't know. I don't know why, but it just but then, you know, because I have other projects moving around, it's easy to, you know, to just say, hey, can you wait? Yeah, of course. And and I'll keep on looking at the one that really excites me right now. So I don't know. It sounds to me like, you know, a really sort of full and exciting life. I mean, I know <laughs> that you're making all this. I know, you know, you just described it a little bit, but for our listeners, like you're, you, you're not only using old pictures that you buy and collect, mm -hmm. old vintage pictures, snapshots of, of people mm -hmm. and families and whatnot, but you're also... You're also using a knife and cutting yeah. cutting them out and creating sort of just outlines yeah. and doing a lot of, as you said, little sculptural pieces. Mm -hmm. And so your work is going in different directions. Yeah. And I know that that's not a new direction. You're, you're going to stop doing your older style yeah. of work. It's just a new branch on the tree. Yeah. And I mean, it seems like an incredibly satisfying life. And there's a lot of activism in your, your work, mm -hmm. too. I mean, you're sort of an artist activist, yeah. in, in my opinion. And I mean, is this, a, is this a satisfying life? Is this, do you feel <laughs> like, yeah, this is what I meant to do? And I'm, you know, I feel deeply grateful? Or yeah. do you ever wish you were something else? Or Wow, what, what a difficult question. <laughs> but yeah, I mean... I am doing exactly what I dreamed of when I when I said I'm not gonna go in, I'm not gonna do the service thing anymore. And I remember talking to Christina, uh, my wife at that moment, and telling her, "Oh man, I wish you know I could just think of projects, go out, take pictures of them, and then." you know, do books with them and then do exhibitions and, <laughs> and then, you know, talk to people about the things that I'm thinking and, and share it in lectures and, and conversations with people from other disciplines. And that is exactly what I'm doing. And, you know, that was my dream back in 2006, 2005. And, you know, I've been super lucky and I've worked my ass off to get there. And, That is yep. that is exactly what I do. And 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 I jump around uh, with the things I'm doing because, you know, I, I, I talked to about this with somebody a few years back and you are your worst demon, you know, at, at being an artist, because yeah. there's nobody asking for stuff. I mean, especially I mean, it's not like I have, you know, I'm, I'm in this super huge gallery like Goshen or something like that where you know I'm sure that there are some you know you need to produce stuff to be in that kind of brand you know but for me it's like I'm here in the middle of nowhere I'm not even in Mexico City I'm like in you know there's nothing happening that big here in Monterey so this is mm -hmm. me making myself think that I'm doing important things for myself first and for foremost. And if those things aren't exciting, if I'm not on the edge, then I will not get up. I will not do anything because nobody's asking for these things. Nobody's asking for a book of Alejandro Cartagena. Nobody's asking for an exhibition of my work. It's, 
it's I think that happens when people see that I'm pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing. And that's something that's kind of um, difficult to live with because if you don't structure your life to make yourself work that way, you, I mean, you can last, you know, you, you can have a bunch of projects that are unfinished and yes, they're good, but if you don't finish them, if you don't try to publish them, if you don't try to show them, nobody's going to want to see it. So I don't know, it's, it's, it sounds very satisfying to do what I do, but it's a lot of work in the mind. You know, it's like, it's really, it's, it's, it's a, it's a constant conflict. Let's put it that way. My life is a constant conflict and it's exciting, but at the same time, it's really hard. Yep. I understand everything you just said. Um, I also want to just say to you and to our people listening that, you know, even if you had, there isn't a lot that would change that. Let me put it that Mm -hmm. way. The artist's life is the artist's life. And whether you're super, super, super famous Mm -hmm. or no one knows who you are, you're sort of, you know, it it is at the end of the day about self-motivation. Yeah. And it's very inward and there's just not, and there's no yellow brick road to follow. Mm -hmm. You have to just make your own path and figure out, you know, what success looks like and you can steer towards that. I mean, I always say to people, to me, success is being respected by the people I respect. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the number one person I respect is me. So, you know, it's like, but, but for sure, it's like, there's this group of people that I really respect and I want them to respect what I'm doing. And I don't really go much beyond that. I mean, everything else is just gravy, but I'm sort of not pointing my ship in a million different places. It's like, okay, there's the North Star. I'm Mm -hmm. just going to go that way. But yeah, it is. It's like it has to be, you know, I think anything in the arts for the most part is really self-guided. I mean, my life is really self-guided. You know, people were not buying much work during the pandemic, so I started a podcast. I mean, you know, it's, it's, this is our life. Yeah, I think we both have this sense of urgency that, you know, uh, as much as I know that you want to be selling because that's what you do, I've I've always felt this about you and it is that you're committed. You know, you have this thing that you can't let go. I mean, you love photography. You love the things you do, the, the things you promote. And if you're I mean, again, that's your obsession. You know, if, if there's if there's not that behind everything that you're doing, you know, you end up doing something different. It's just inevitable. Uh, Sometimes, you know, it's really sad because some people are in a really bad position and, you know, they have more difficulties to actually pursue what they want to do. But you have to find a way to make it work. Like I was doing the the nine to five job digitizing photographs and you know, my, my colleagues that worked with me in, in, in that photography center, they, they were photographers, but they didn't have that drive to go out after finishing working and going to photograph for hours until the sun goes down. And that was me, you know, <laughs> I was working two, right, two jobs because I just couldn't get enough. And everything that I was winning as, as a digitizer, I was buying film and printing and doing stuff to 
excite myself and and take my projects to a place where they felt you know that they were good good for me well also let me just let me just underline you just said excite myself and i think that's the thing it's mm -hmm. like i always find that the people who are the you know sort of the happiest artist warriors are the people who are ultimately trying to make themselves really happy. Yeah. You know, as opposed to some outside person or thing, institution, whatever, that they have no control over. Mm. But, you know, as you said, it's like, you know, I know for myself personally, like I'm always brainstorming on a million different like yeah. ideas I have that all have to do with, you know, photography and the community and whatnot, because I just love it so much. And it makes me so happy. And it's like, you know, what can I do today that's just, you know, will be really fun. I mean, exactly. it's, it's, if I didn't feel that way, I would, you know, I would stop. But, you know, I do think that when people get too preoccupied with one specific sort of goal, mm. whether it's to get into a gallery or have a museum show, or whatever mm -hmm. it is, and they don't get there in some time frame that they think they should, yeah. you know, then their the mental wheels can fall off. And that's just, um, you know, usually they're starting from yeah. a place of misunderstanding of what this industry is. Let me ask you, because sure. um, I really want to talk about something that, because I quote you a lot mm -hmm. to people. <laughs> so <laughs> cool. also in, in the book, I, I have a question in the book where I ask, what are the key elements that must be present for you when you're creating a body of work? And I'm going to read your answer. It's a bit long, but here goes. I think it's really important. Okay. You say... I think in layers, the more layers a project has, the more possibility there is that one of those layers will relate to someone. Something like this. Yeah. The project needs to be aesthetically, technically, conceptually, and historically relevant, have a personal connection, pull towards some kind of social commentary, be able to show personal and artistic vulnerability, and so on. Some of the layers are just sparks of interest that will allow a later reading of what I'm trying to present, a subject matter, a theme. Certain viewers will be interested in the technical aspects of the work to start and expectantly move into the other layers of meaning, history, or narrative involved in the book, exhibition, or site. I feel something worthy happens when one of these layers is perceived, and I also hope that people will find more of the threads that are offered, though I never know if that will happen. In the end, my own personal commitment is to make the work as layered as possible, and in doing so, I also make the best work I think I can." And that that's just one of the most that's just one of my favorite answers in the book. I think it's just really beautiful, Alejandro. Wow. So thank you so much wow. for just sharing that with everyone. But I also absolutely agree with everything <laughs> you're saying. And could you just talk about that a sure. bit? Because I just feel like that people just especially young artists just mm -hmm. don't realize that they have to stop relying on the camera. Yeah. And you know, instead, they have to really dig deep to create yeah. real authorship. Mm -hmm. And authorship means making a lot of different choices. And in making those choices, you add those layers. Yeah. Anyway, can, can you talk about that? Yeah. Um, wow, I really enjoyed uh, you reading that. And I heard myself saying those things. And I think I, I really, again, I've been really blessed with the way I learned photography and how it it basically made me commit to being a photographer and commit to creating work that has those different approaches and i'll, I'll spell them out i mean historical uh relevance and 
it's not that okay i'm gonna do work and i know it's gonna be historically relevant it's not it doesn't work that easily but you have to have a sense of what has happened photographically around you locally and in in the medium itself i think those things create confidence in you as an as a as a creator because you know that somehow you are developing a story developing a history that had been addressed by somebody else in the past and and your approach and your uh, commitment is to develop that that voice that somebody else had that some or those questions that somebody else posed in front uh, of a public so starting there you know the context the the way you think your work is gonna insert itself locally and then I don't like the word universally but you know in 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 the rest of the of, of the of the medium I think that is the starting point for responsibility as a creator and I think the layer idea that you you read has to do with responsibility it's that I know what I did technically I know what I de- did aesthetically I know how the work resonates historically I know how the work resonates socially I know how the work resonates conceptually with my peers with other work and if you take responsibility of those decisions then when you, when you're presenting the work it just it's an intuitive thing but it just feels that the work ha- it's backed up you know there's something there behind it it's not just fluff it's not like a oh i had this idea let's do it boom and that's it you know and there are beautiful ideas like that but they they just disintegrate and if you look i mean you did look at my website there are so many interconnections between my different projects between the years and it's not it's not by accident it's because all those i'm always thinking of how to deepen the stories that i've i've presented and sometimes there are stories that contradict each other and sometimes there are like aesthetic methodologies and aesthetic presentations that contradict my work but that is always uh, and I think I, I did talk about it in the in the interview is about vulnerability. This is you saying, hey, I think that this work works this way. But in five years, I also think it could work this way. And you mentioned the three editions of the carpoolers of the book. That is vulnerability right there. That, that is me saying this work can be read in these three ways. And there are many more ways. And I'm willing to say and to present these three types of readings for one same project. And, and I think if you don't put yourself out there that way, you will get bored and you will just do something different. Let's put it that way. I mean, in simple terms, this is my opportunity to push myself so that it's exciting to think, oh, I'm going to do a book. Oh, I'm going to go out photographing. Oh, I'm going to, you know, edit something today. How do I make that exciting in the long term, in the long run? And uh, so, yeah, I, I mean, I hope I kind of covered what I said. And No, no, it's a wonderful answer. Yeah. I mean, I'm completely 
I'm just loving. I'm I'm listening to you, and I'm 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 just so caught up in what you're saying. I I was just thinking that for people who are listening, can you explain mm-hmm. carpoolers and what you just referenced? I referenced it, then you referenced it, but let's let's help our listeners out a bit here. Can you tell tell people what carpoolers is and sure. and the three edits? What what you're talking about? Sure. So the carpoolers project was a body of work I did in 2011. Uh, I was just finishing, and I'll put this a little bit of background. I had just finished the Suburia Mexicana book in 2010. It came out, I think it came out uh, early to 2011. And the Suburia Mexicana project was about the development of the metro area of Monterrey. Thousands and thousands of houses being built. The, the city was growing outwards. And the Carpoolers project was a series of images, uh, very, how would you put this, uh, kind of a, like a typology of these people coming from the outskirts of the city into uh, the southern part of the city where there is a lot of construction work. And they would gather in the suburbs in the north and jump in the back of trucks and drive to these sprawling, really wealthy suburbs in the south. So I photographed the, the men in the process of going to work a lot of them are sleeping. Uh, sometimes they're cramped up with uh, their power tools or uh, there are maybe five or six people in the same back of the truck. So they, they're basically, you know, spooning each other. And it's, and it's all set in one specific spot here in Monterey. And I, I photographed for one year and I would go from seven in the morning to nine in the morning, which is the time, the schedule where, where they were heading to work. After nine, there was barely any of them. And of that project came out a book that I published in 2014. And oh, can I just interject that you were a bird's eye view looking yes. down yes. at these people in the back of the truck mm-hmm. as they were driving on a highway. Yes. So you're like a bird's eye yeah. uh, view. Okay. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was a, a bird's eye view. I was I was standing on a pedestrian overpass that over that crosses the highway from one side to another. So I'm looking uh, I'm looking north, and they're coming towards me. And when I saw the like the front cabin packed with people, I assumed that there would be more people on the bed of the truck. So I, I would jump to that lane uh, from the pedestrian bridge. And once they're coming underneath me, boom, I took a, a photograph. And that was my first project that I did with a digital camera. So I played the game that I was only going to take one or two pictures at most. So uh, I maybe have a 20% success in capturing them because I, you know, they were going fast. They were going slow. Um, it, <laughs> right. it wasn't, it wasn't an easy uh, project to do, uh, but I didn't want it. To, I didn't want to, I didn't want the camera to do the work. I really wanted to do it. So it was like one picture. If I got it, I got it. If not, you know, too bad. And Eventually, you know, it became a typology of carpoolers, if you want to put it that way. And I started to show the work in, in, in exhibitions and in, in fairs. And then I wanted to do a book. And it was so difficult, Sasha, to do a book. It was because they're, you know, they're very simple images. You know, it's just people in the back of trucks. And yeah, they're really beautiful and, and they have humor to them. But to do a book... 
after you know five spread it was like okay i know what you know i know what this book is about it's dull it becomes boring and that's when you know the idea of the photo book this this space where things happen that don't happen on the wall happens it, you mix design with with that you mi- mix the paper mm-hmm. uh the the scale and the sequence and so one of the things that really started to move the project forward as a book was me getting into one of those beds of trucks and doing the route of what these guys lived and photographing what they saw when they were going to work so i was photographing the sky the bridges whatever was in front of me helicopters and then taking those images and intercutting them with the images of them of me looking at them down so right. so yep. that created some kind of energy in the book where you know it's not only about looking at them and and and, and like pinpointing oh look at them it's like and this it's also about this is what it feels to drive to yep. work this way and suddenly wow it became a photo book it became something very unique that I wasn't doing on the wall and then the paper like the paper sizes there are different paper sizes so there's kind of there's cadence like musical cadences happening here and there and then it just it just really worked you know like a, as a photo book and I was really lucky and the book sold out in three months and you know I was people were still asking for more books and more books and it took me another year to think of how to edit and sequence what I had already taken a year to edit and sequence. And I, I, you know, I decided to do it, but I said, I'm not going to copy paste the same project. You know, I, it, it just doesn't feel exciting. It just doesn't feel fair for somebody to buy the book. It's like, well, if you're going to pay money again for a book, I'll at least make it different and exciting, you know? <laughs> so That's I, definitely a unique point of view. Yeah. So <laughs> so I changed it up. And, you know, I, I, I printed the first one I printed here in Mexico. The second one I printed in, I think it was in Indonesia. And the third one I printed in Madrid. So and everyone is different. The cover is different. The sequence is different. There are a few images that are that are new in some of the books that are not on the first book. New in the sense that I didn't use, but I, I haven't gone to photograph again. So yeah, I mean, it's not that it, it was a it was a ghost in that I didn't finish the project. It was like, well, you know, this project really talks to people and people are asking for the book, and I'm more than happy to sell the book, but I have to be excited about selling you a book. You know, I'm not I'm not into I'm not in this to to make money in in the straight business sense. I'm yeah, I want to make money because I want to live of this and and you know, and do more projects, but I want to do projects that excite me and that's why that book has been edited three times and the three times have been <laughs> different. <laughs> yeah, so I feel like we've come full circle back to the what we were talking about in the beginning about just, you know, how active your mind is. Yeah. And, you know, I, I just I just think it's like you don't want to be bored, you no. know, and it's just and you just fight back against anything. That yeah. would just be too mundane, you know. So but I really love that you yeah. did that. I mean, I just think it's just it's just you, you know, that yeah. sort of like frenetic 
and curious, mm-hmm. like how is this going to turn out? And it's and it's you know I think there's a boldness to it that yeah. I really respect, and I think it's really important you know for artists to not be terrified of a misstep. Yeah, you know let let the totality of yeah. your output and career. Um, trust that it can absorb. Exactly. I don't even know what a misstep is, by the way, but let's just say it. there's a misstep. Like you and your career and your the output, what you've put out into the world can usually absorb it, mm-hmm. you know? So it's it's really important just to let your curiosity go and and produce. You don't know what you'll find. I mean, it's it's. I think that's, exactly. that's the excitement about putting these projects out that I mean, carpoolers for me, I, that, that project really changed my life. But in all honesty, I was going to throw that project away. Like I just, I saw the images. I'm like, yeah, you know, I like them, but this just doesn't add up stylistically to what I have been doing. And I just, you know, it was like, ah, and then it, I, I put it to sleep for like three months and then it just dawned on me. It's like, where are these guys coming from? Okay, they're coming from the northern suburbs. Wait a minute. I already photographed those suburbs. And where are they going to, to work to the southern suburb? Wait a minute. I photographed that too. And it's like, damn, right. there it is. That's, that's my link. That's my missing link. That's going to make me okay with showing these images because they're not, you know, a one-hit wonder thing. This is the continuous narrative that I'm building around this subject matter that I still think needs to be addressed. So I think though you have to be aware of those little nuances between your projects and the in-between projects are going to keep you moving forward. What did you do in one project? What didn't you do in that other project? Can you find something in the middle of those two things? I mean, that's, I think that's very much what I've been doing. And, and the last work has to do exactly with being an archivist, you know, it's, and actually it's the distrust of the archive. Those, my new work is, is really much about saying, hey, why are we so attached to the archive? Why do we, you know, it basically like seduces us and, and is it the black and white? Is it the sepia tones? Is this the, the feeling that it's historical? And suddenly we don't question anything because it's an old photograph. Oh, my God, it has to say the truth or whatever. You know, it was like, wait a minute. You know, I I don't know if I believe that too much or maybe I was just, you know, seduced by photography and its power to to seduce you into nostalgia. So I, <laughs> I wanted to question that. And that's that's you know, that's what I did for two years with with those cutting out the images. It was like saying, no, I won't let you seduce me. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute, what, what are you made of? Let me take these people out. Wait, wait what, what is this? What's left? Are you still seducing me? Uh, you know, what, what, where's the power in photography? Is it in the object? Is it in the, in the people who were represented in those images? Is it the repetition of how people are composed in a five by seven image? You know, it, it's asking questions about the medium itself because, you know, I was uh, in a really difficult moment personally, and I just questioned everything, my mind, my heart, my practice, and, and it paid off. Well, I, I think that's a, a great place to, a natural place to, to wrap up. I feel like just 
said so much that was just so meaningful and 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 helpful and important and you know you're working in a very specific style and so you know your mind is so sui generis it's so unique and i certainly uh not everyone's going to relate exactly yeah. to to the way you work but your you know overall sort of way of looking at photography and how it goes out into the world, I just, I, I think is really beautiful. And thank so you. thank you so much for sharing, you know, all of your, your thoughts with, with me and anyone who's, who's listening. No, thank you, Sasha. Hopefully we'll, we'll talk again soon. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Well, thanks everyone for listening. Hope you enjoyed. We'll be back with you in a couple of weeks. Stay well. Thanks so much. Photo Work with Sasha Wolf is produced by me, Michael Chauvin Dalton of Real Photo Show. The executive producer is Sasha Wolf, and our theme music is by Jay Walter Hawks. You can hear Photo Work on all your favorite podcast platforms. Please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify, and be sure to subscribe on any one of those services or wherever you listen to podcasts.